This episode of Hot Tag is brought to you by... Hey, Matty Ice. I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. You know what? So am I. Let's go get us a pizza or something. Order a pizza in. No. Why would we order a pizza when we could have pile driver pizza? Comes in four awesome varieties. Pepperoni, sausage and pepperoni, four cheese, and supreme. Ooh, sounds delish. Give me a supreme. All right, let's go down in the store. And if you guys are hungry too, you can get them in a store near you. This is Manny Ice, one half of the Real Tag Team Champions, the Beer City Boys, and you're listening to the Hot Tag on the Anchor Network. You're listening to the Hot Tag with the real tag team champs, Matty Ice and Axel the Axeman, where we talk everything wrestling. Welcome back to Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys. It is our two-year anniversary show. What a milestone! A mile milestone for us. In the podcast land. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, well, I mean, obviously most of the podcasts I listen to made it fairly far, I guess. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, two years. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, for sure. Because I feel like a lot of people get burned out pretty quick. Yeah, it's got to be probably the longest podcast on Anchor ever. Running podcast, that is. I wonder how we find that out. It has to be. I don't know. But that, yeah, that would be a good good thing. I don't know if we can Google that. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, it's exciting. I mean, it doesn't really feel like two years, but it's been 104 episodes, people. Yeah, 104 weeks. Jesus. That's a lot of long time. Sure is. Sure is a long time. We've had this podcast like almost as long as Roman Reigns has been Universal Champ. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Crazy. Um. So where do you want to start? Uh, you. Um, well, I, I guess we should start since we recorded on Saturday, or, yeah, Saturday morning last week. Yep. Uh, Extreme Rules was Saturday night. Uh, real quick, what do you think of that? Um, I caught a good majority of it. I mean, I was dozing in and out, but um, I thought it was pretty good. I think... Um, The match between um, uh, Matt Riddle and uh, Seth Rollins was pretty decent, so I was pretty impressed with that. Um, the Liv Morgan thing that was kind of strange that she like was smiling when she was being submitted. Yeah, she's kind of like snapped. Um... I don't know what's going on there. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting. It's pretty interesting to see how her character kind of changes over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, she was always kind of like the smiley one. The, this last run that she had. So, I don't really know where they're going. I mean, they could go with the twisted side. Well, and she, uh, as we record this on Friday, first time ever, um, she snapped on Sonya Deville tonight on SmackDown. Hmm. And beat her up, so they're going to wrestle next week on SmackDown. So, um, yeah, she just whipped her. So, hmm. um, and Sonya appeared in NXT, too, I guess. I don't know if it was this past week. Or, oh, really? Hmm. Or what? I saw, like, a short clip of her in the crowd and she like grabbed somebody from NXT and like smashed her against the rail. Damn. Hmm. Wonder if they were going to put her back with Mandy or something. Oh. Well, I was going to say the golden goddess, but she's not golden here anymore. Mm. Yep. Um but I guess the biggest thing from Extreme Rules was uh Bray Wyatt came back. Yeah. At the the end. Yeah, that was um, quite a shock. Um, They played it off like uh, the show was coming to an end and all of a sudden the lights went went out Mm -hmm. and then um, the song, the whole, he's got the whole world in his hands started uh, being chanted or whatever. And the fireflies lit up and whatnot, so... And then all the characters kind of came out from the funhouse, so that was pretty cool. Right. And then he's got a new mask, I guess, so... Um, yeah, I don't know, it's going to be interesting, because then, to circle off that, um, they kept saying for, like, the last hour of SmackDown, oh, he's up next, oh, he's up next, so I don't know they were planning on having him at the end or what the whole time but um he came out at the end walked all the way down with the lantern or whatever and then he was talking basically long story short he was saying he was himself or whatever and he was basically on the verge of tears the whole time like thanking everybody about this and that and like glad he's back and yada 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 and like it seemed like he was actually like being himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I thought was a little off, like weird to me because I'm thinking like, man, he's out of character. I don't really care for this. Like, how are they gonna transition this? Mm-hmm. But then like he was like mid sittings, and like it went dark again, and then on the screen it was like playing like it was like a distorted voice, and it was. Um, just the mask that he wore out, like mm-hmm. that weird kind of devilly looking mask, mm-hmm. talking, and it was kind of hard to hear. Uh, I'm gonna have to go back and try to rewatch it or something, but um, I think this is gonna be his like alternate <clears throat> personality thing again or whatever. So I guess we'll see what he's gonna do. But I wonder if he's gonna kind of be like a I don't know yet. Quite yet, but I'm thinking maybe like a, almost like a broken Matt Hardy in a way, but more like sinister, dark kind of deal. Um, I could be wrong. 
But with the way he was talking today and then how they've kind of done some of the funhouse, you know, showing a little bit of that and mm-hmm. the rabbit and this and that, I don't know if, you know, because The Fiend was, you know, he was Bray Wyatt before and kind of loopy. And then mm-hmm. he was the fiend, you know, coming out and wrestling and stuff. And he had that, like, locked away. So I don't know how they're going to integrate this new character with that. So It sounds interesting. I'm going to have to check out SmackDown. Yeah. I think I have it recorded. So Yeah, let me know what you think. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to see, I mean, literally the only reason why... I, this is the first SmackDown I've watched and Oh my gosh. I don't know when the last SmackDown I watched was. Since you stopped going to the Mexican restaurant they played it. Oh right? yeah, I did watch it at the Mexican restaurant on Friday. So. Yeah, so that's been at least a year, if not two years. So probably the last time I watched it was when Bray Wyatt was on there. Maybe, yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely why I tuned in this week. Um, not to mention my wife's gone. But. And he's going to be an exclusive to SmackDown for right. the next couple months. Right. So, um, yeah, I think they're going to... I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't wrestle for a while because, I mean, the next pay-per-view coming up is Crown Jewel. And he... I mean, I guess he could go there, but I doubt it. I They're probably going to build that character up pretty hard. Um I mean, I can't imagine who he could really get in a feud with right away. I mean, anybody, really, but... Well, yeah, he, he could feud with anybody. Um, it all depends on what they want to do with Roman Reigns. Yeah, and that's a hard one, too, because, you know, they got, they've kind of started that... Did you see that they kind of started that with The Rock? The Rock's like, I'm head or whatever, and... yep. Um. Uh, and you tag me in some stuff on Facebook. I don't really think that if they do that match at WrestleMania this upcoming April, they don't really need the titles for that match. I mean, it helps. Yeah, I don't think they need the titles either. But you wouldn't necessarily... You could still do that match without the titles. Yeah. And that could be your main event for, like, night one or something. Right. Um, But... You know, going forward, are they going to split the titles? Is that how they're going to get them off Roman, or are they going to keep them together? That's. I mean, I would think that they would either have to split them, or they would have to make it one title. Because um, you got um, Cody Rhodes coming back pretty soon. I read an article today that uh, his return is might be a little sooner than later. You don't think they're going to try to keep him out till the Royal Rumble? Um, well, they they might keep him out till the Royal Rumble. Um, but I'm just saying like he he's uh uh his recovery process is going a little quicker. Yeah. So yeah. You, we can expect to see him him back soon and uh I would assume that they would probably push him a little bit. Cody? Yeah. No, yeah. But, on the other hand, he's 
he mocked Triple H when he was in AEW, so, like, I don't know if there's going to be any backlash there and been like, oh, well, you mocked me, so the heck with you. I'm not going to um, push you until I'm ready to push you. I mean, he could, but I, I don't know. What I've seen from Triple H so far is he's not a very, like, doesn't seem to be a vengeful guy, but he kind of has to push Cody because McMahon killed a lot of people, so unless Triple H is going to be able to build people overnight, he doesn't really have that many people to go with. His options right now are pretty much Seth Rollins, sort of Kevin Owens, Bobby Lashley, sort of Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor's coming on strong. I mean, Finn Balor's strong, but he's in a feud with AJ. AJ's, like, kind of on the back burner, hasn't done much. Um, the Miz is always, like, right there. Yeah, the Miz can... <coughs> he can go in and out. But, I mean, Bray's not even, like, a real, like, main eventer right now. He just come back, so, like, he needs to get some steam. But, I mean... I don't know. It, it, they need to build some guys up. You know, so, and hopefully Randy comes back soon from this injury. And Randy's another guy you could always throw in there. I mean, he's getting close to the end of his career, but I mean, if you always needed to pick me up, Randy's always right there. He seems like a good guy to hand the title off to. You know, if you need somebody, like, oh shoot, somebody's hurt, Randy carry the belt for six months. You know, I mean, they can always bring in Goldberg. No, I don't think Triple H is going to do stuff like that. I, mean, I hope not. He seems to be a pretty smart guy and giving people kind of a leash or whatever, so so that's nice. But um, what about anything else this week while we catch up before we... Well, Seth Rollins won the U.S. title from Bobby Lashley. Yeah. So that was kind of a shock, him losing to Matt Riddle and then him winning the U.S. title, so I don't really know what to say about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's hard to say. Um, they must have something else playing with Bobby Lashley. If they're going to take the title off of him and give it to Seth like that. And and that's the thing that kind of is weird, too. It's like they're not, they didn't even have a, pro, a program. Yeah. That's always the thing that is weird about WWE. Um and then tonight I re- realized, too, it really drove home the how they switch back and forth on the camera angles. You know what I'm talking about? They jump back and forth between where the camera's coming from. Mm-hmm. And that damn near makes you sick. Yeah. I mean, WWE does that. I mean, they... It's a production, you know? Right, yeah. It's not like watching MLW or whatever else. I don't even know. I I, I don't even know how AEW does it anymore because I haven't watched that crud in a couple weeks since John Moxley won the title again. Well, I didn't watch it this week, but I watched it last week. But Orange Cassidy beat Pack. 
Nyla Rose stole the TBS title. What do you think about that? And she's having some. Op- she had some like open challenge or something like that that was ha- happening. I don't know. I mean, they need to do something with Jade Cargill because they can't have her keep on winning. I mean, I know we had this conversation numerous times on the podcast before, but like, Jade Cargill is going nowhere by beating her. Well, by having pretty decent matches and then having her come out on top. Like, there's got to be an end game to her spiel because if she's the TBS champion and she's running through everybody on the roster, well, she should be women's champion then. Right, how is she? Yeah, and if AEW is going to stick to the rankings deal, how is she not ranked number one? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Why, Why is Tony Storm the women's champion and not... Well, Tony Storm's only interim. I don't get that either. Yeah. But, yeah, that's for another day. We've bored everyone for the last three episodes. Listen to us moan and complain about AEW. But, yeah, I don't know what they're doing with um, Jade Cargill, and especially with this Nyla Rose thing. I mean, it always seems like, and we've said this numerous times as well, it always seems like, that Nyla Rose is this big baddie that nobody can get through, and like she's been beaten by everybody who's held the women's title. So yeah, she's not really a big baddie. You know what I mean? Like she's not a big baddie anymore. So I don't know. I don't know. I, AEW used to be so just rocket fire for me, and now it's just really hit or miss. And there's a lot more misses than hits, and um. Gosh, they just got to do something, but... Yeah, well, I know that I tagged you in that Cornette thing, that what Cornette said about uh, Soraya. Yeah, I have, what, like... What was your opinion on that? I have mixed mixed feelings about it because, like, part of me, like, agrees with what Cornette's saying because, like, obviously, WWE's looking out for her best interest. And especially considering they kept her under contract and she didn't wrestle for, like seven years and they yeah. kept her under contract and her contract came up and they're like look we how how can you re-sign somebody who's not going to wrestle if you're a wrestling company you know what i mean like right and so now all of a sudden just out of nowhere she can wrestle again it seems like people are fudging some things and and like AEW is a lot more rough than wwe i mean they don't catch them when they jump out of the ring and a lot of the other stuff that they do, I mean, it's fine. I mean, if that's the way people want to wrestle, but I just don't think that that's a. I just, I if I'm Tony Khan and something happens there, I'm gonna feel terrible. Um. And but part of me doesn't want that to be the case because I don't like Jim Cornette. I really don't like Jim Cornette. Yeah. And I hate agreeing with him, but I mean. I think he hit the nail right on the head, you know what? Yeah. Um, since we didn't touch base on this, uh, or start off with this, Cornette basically said that Soraya, a.k.a. Paige, couldn't get the approval from WWE to get back in the ring, so she went to an, another company to get approval to get back in the ring. So, hence, she's in AEW. 
That's basically what it came down to. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So. Which, um, I mean, is. I mean, is he's not wrong in saying that. No, he's absolutely 100% right. Uh, I mean, look at. Look at how many guys are were out with concussions. I mean, Adam Cole can't even get back into protocol. I mean, at least they're sticking to protocol, though. Yeah. They could just be like, oh, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad that they're taking that serious because, I mean, head, head injuries are very serious. I mean, it, somebody can't pass, you can't pass. You know what I mean? It's Right. Um, I think... Well, and I mean, Daniel Bryan's had a lot of issues in the past with concussions and stuff, too. I mean, mm-hmm. he almost, his career was almost over because of that. And Christian's had issues with concussions, too. So, I mean, it's a thing. It happens. I get it, but. Yeah. Well, that's like Julia Hart missing the table. Oh, man. And whacking the back of her head on the guardrail. Mm. Like, I mean, AEW is just a rebel. It's like. It's 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 a mixture between like ECW almost in the like extreme ways they go about things. Not saying like they're they're ECW no, like, but that, hardcore like that, but just but it's like a no holds barred thing like Yeah, balls just them the wall. diving outside the ring and yeah. doing all that crazy stuff that doesn't even need to be there. I mean I I, I, just, I don't understand why wrestling got to that point. Like, I mean, I understand. Yeah, it's cool to see a guy do, like, three flips to the outside of the ring, but, like, it's getting a little old when that's all that guy does. Right. Like, let's see something else. Right. Let's see an arm bar. I mean, even, you have, you have to give him credit because, I mean, I, the only reason I bring this up is because Ricochet was on SmackDown tonight. And he's even toned down the jumping to the outside and stuff. I mean, toned it down a lot. Um, he actually did a lot of in-ring stuff. I mean, and that I understand that's Ricochet's ticket to fame. And that's, you know, he was doing crazy stuff like that on Lucha Underground. And that's what got him, you know, kind of spotted a bit. You know, I know he did stuff in New Japan, but, I mean, shoot. I mean, but that's the thing is, like, you're always... Trying to go higher than the next guy, higher than the next guy. And, like, you know, I mean, a good example is how you were saying with the arm bar. I mean, for those of you, you know, NWA, I mean, that's classic, old school. And, I mean, it's getting over. Right. I mean, it. I don't I. You got the people that like the AEWs. Of, like, the off-the-wall crazy stuff that you want to see. Like, the Young Bucks super kicking every five minutes. I mean, I don't want to see the Young Bucks kicking super kicking every five minutes. No. It, if I wanted to see a super kick, I would just watch Shawn Michaels and just press rewind. Once we got to the super kick. Oh, super kick. Well, you know, high spots are cool. I like high spots, but I mean... I don't need 25 high spots in a 12-minute match and then another 12-minute match after that with 27 high spots. Like, right. I don't need that. Um, there's a time and a place, and 
you know um i guess i don't know it, and, and it's not very good storytelling either sorry to cut you off no no um when you're doing this high spot where a guy's diving outside and then takes out like four dudes and then those four dudes are back in the ring in like two seconds right that doesn't make any right. sense yeah you know if you're gonna take a big move like somebody's got to be knocked out for a little bit right those guys that just got knocked out can't jump in the ring and start having a match well and then okay to really put this in perspective think about this think about like as many good wrestlers as you can think of Mm -hmm. Bret Hart Mr. Perfect um Davey Boy Smith Brian Danielson um I mean, the list goes on and on, right? Mm-hmm. How many high spots did those guys even really do? I mean, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking of Bret Hart. Him jumping off the rope, he didn't do anything more than just like a... Almost, Double X handle. Or even like, maybe like a small elbow drop or something. Yeah. Like from the middle rope. I hardly ever saw Bret Hart jump from the top rope. Yeah. If If at all. <clears throat> and I mean, you don't... You don't need that. And look how good Bret Hart was. I mean, mm-hmm. he's considered one of the greatest of all time. I know that was his catchphrase. But I honestly think Bret Hart is pro- definitely top 15 wrestlers of all time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that just goes to show you that you don't need you don't need stuff like that. I mean, think about like Steamboat and Flair matches. They probably hardly had any moves off the top rope. No, I mean, Ricky did. Ricky was kind of known for that stuff. Yeah, but... I mean, Ricky was just doing, like, cross bodies and stuff like that off the top rope. Yeah, maybe an elbow drop or maybe, like, a a missile drop kick or something, you know. I know Malenko did stuff like that, but, you know, I don't know. It's just, you don't need crazy acrobatics to get people invested. I mean, it's just... It's not really needed, but whatever. I, I, I go back to the whole Kevin Owens thing um, when he was doing a show that, one time. Yeah, the headlock, yeah. And he had the guy in a headlock, and some guy in the front row was like, can you do something else? And he's like, shut up. I'm going to put him in a headlock for 20 minutes. I mean, yeah. And just jaw-japping with him. Yeah, I mean... If you watch them old school matches, a lot. I mean, they don't have a lot of high spots either. I mean, hard hitting, arm drags. Maybe you know. a power slam. Yeah, I mean, nothing too crazy. So, I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you catch any other wrestling? or? Well, I mean, I sent you that uh, uh, Josh Alexander and... Uh, that was good. I watched the, that whole video you sent me. I mean, it was like, what, like five, three or five minutes or something? Something like, like that, yeah. Him and Bobby Fish. That was good. Um, and that brings up another good point. Um, um, Frankie Kazarian won the X Division title. We said that on the last podcast. But he cashed it in, and he's going to wrestle Josh Alexander for the world, or for their TNA heavyweight title, or Impact, <coughs> I should say. And uh, I forgot that Impact did that. 
Yeah. If you were ex-division champ, you could cash it in. Um, and it's funny that that happened because just last weekend I was watching a YouTube clip where Austin Aries revealed himself as suicide. And he was ex-division champ, <laughs> cashed it in to get a world title shot against, I think it was like Bully Ray or somebody at the time, I can't remember. And then went under the hood as suicide and won the X Division title back. Hmm. <clears throat> so, yeah, was, I forgot the impact did that. But I think that's like a cool, like, added element um, that no other wrestling companies do. Where mm-hmm. if you win, like, that secondary title, you can cash it in for uh, the main title shot. Um, and, like,. I want to say, like, I wish other companies did that, but I kind of like that Impact's the only company that does that. I mean, and you yeah. made a good point. You and I were texting earlier today. You know, Impact does make a lot of cool booking decisions, and they do a lot and get a lot out of, like, what some people would consider low-level guys. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you look at the Impact roster, I mean, Frankie Kazarian's still technically under contract with AEW. Yep. So he's not even really an impact guy. But I mean, like, Josh Alexander. How many people really knew who Josh Alexander was until, like, a couple years ago? You know, and, like, the same thing with Ethan Page, who was in impact for a while. I mean, I don't watch impact a ton. I just get a lot of, watch a lot of highlights and, and, and stuff. But, I mean, you know. <clears throat> they got a lot of young, talented guys, and they do a, do a lot and put on a really good show. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do kind of going forward. I mean, it definitely helps that they got a working relationship with AEW. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm interested to see how that match is going to go. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I think when when you look at the overall perspective is that you got to put impact at probably one of the, the better booking uh, programs out there when you consider where WWE was and what AEW transitioned to. I mean, impact kind of stayed the same. Right. Right. And like, I'm trying to think of like, Things that I remember, like how they booked certain ways or whatever. And, like, to me, the one that sticks out in my mind that's, like, a little questionable, but then, like, was kind of monumental at the same time was when Tessa Blanchard beat Brian Cage. Like, that was, like, a little far-fetched, but then at the same time, like, she was, like, the first woman to win a major title for a wrestling promotion, like mm-hmm. in that realm of things, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, but then since then, she's basically fallen off the map. I mean, I know she does wow, but. Yeah, she went off the deep end. I mean, she had a lot of a lot of talent, and she could have really done things, but whatever she's doing, she just messed up. Well, I think she she let a lot of things go to her head, like, oh, my dad's Tully Blanchard and my stepdad's Magnum T.A. Yeah. Well, I mean, that only gets you so far, and I think she said some choice things that she probably shouldn't have said, Um, and I know um, technically 
She never lost the Impact title, the Impact Heavyweight title. She um, she had to give it up because she was like living in Mexico with her boyfriend at the time and couldn't meet um, certain contract requirements because of COVID was going on and she was down in Mexico, so she's basically stuck. Mm. But then they were trying to work stuff out with her, like about cutting promos and stuff, and I guess she just wasn't doing it. Um, so they made her vacate the title, and mm. here we are. But she has no one to blame but herself. Right, Not yeah. Like anybody held her back. A lot of things that happened to her and her career is like all on her. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe she'll figure things out and get back on the yeah. mainstream. I don't know. I heard something about uh, Matt Cardona maybe making a return to WWE. I've seen a few things. Um, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. Um, yeah. And I, I, I still hope he doesn't. I mean, he's doing a lot of good good stuff in GCW and NWA as well. Um, and making his rounds on the circuit and stuff. Um, and I really dig his character. Obviously, I don't watch any GCW. Um, I've never been to a GCW show, and I think they're on uh, IWTV, so whatever. But um, I really dig his character in NWA. Um, he's he's really good heel. Yep. Um, and I know he does a little bit of stuff in Impact, too, speaking to go back on the impact thing, so. Yeah, he's kind of all over the map, which is, it, it's nice for him because then he chooses his price. Well, when he's a main event guy and he's getting pushed as a main event guy where, I mean, not that he necessarily wouldn't because he's made a, remade a name for himself, but I think if he went back to WWE, he'd, slide back into that Zack Ryder role. And uh, not that that was a bad role, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> I think with the potential of WWE and who could potentially become main eventers and or main eventers again, I think he'd kind of get lost in the shuffle. So I think he should stay. But who knows? Money talks, so. Money does talk. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's about it for that, unless you got anything else to add. No, I don't have anything else. All right, well, on that note, let's uh, let's get into our usual at the anniversary show. Yeah. The uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. Yeah, so top like, 500. like always, we'll definitely cover the top ten, and then... Uh, I think we need to... <coughs> well, yeah, we can cover, like, the top ten... Then but hit, we do have to get into the hit some hu- hit our hit our guys in their spots. I looked through it a little bit already, so I know right, what you're so talking about. Yeah, kind of excited about that. Yeah, no, yeah, we'll we'll talk more when we get there. But uh, right. obviously, number one is Roman Reigns. I mean, he was number two last year. I mean, who else has had a better year slash two years than Roman Reigns? I mean, I. I don't think anybody has. I mean, yeah, you know, because uh, Kenny's been hurt pretty much all of this year. I mean, and everybody else is kind of behind those two, really. Right. Um, 
Number two is Okada. I mean, Okada was kind of on the back burner in New Japan there for a while, but he's definitely kicked it up a notch. I mean, I know we don't watch a lot of New Japan stuff, but yeah. I'm not surprised by this one. Um, number three is CM Punk. What do you What do you feel about this one? Um, I think it's all hype. I mean, yeah, the guy was came back after seven years, but did he really have CM Punk caliber matches like seven years ago? No. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with this one. I mean, I don't think he deserved to be in the top 10. Now, I wouldn't necessarily take him out of the top 25. Right. Um, I would agree with that 100%. But, you know, I'm looking at his past rankings, and 09, he was number 8. 2010, he was number 3. 2011, he was number 10. 12, he was number one, and 13, he was number two. And you're telling me you were gone, you haven't wrestled for seven years, and you come back and you're automatically number three again? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know if that makes sense. Um, I mean, the the programs that he had with, with uh, like Darby Allen and MJF and that stuff, I mean, they were good, but... I don't think they were worthy enough of. Excuse me, uh, for being up ranked number three. Yeah, no, yeah, I definitely agree. I I think somebody else was more worthy of a number three spot instead of him. But yeah, I mean, what can you do? Uh, number four is uh, Hangman. What do you think about that? No. I mean, once again, Hangman had some pretty good matches. He had a decent... Well, yeah, I guess, because, I mean, we're going back to before probably he had the title. So, yeah, he was hot for, like, a half a year. Yeah, because the evaluation period goes from um, July to June. So it goes from July... I think, yeah, that's how it goes. It's like July of 21 to June of 22. So I forgot when he came back. Because he had that baby. Well, during... So, yes. Let me look. I can't remember when he beat Kenny. But it was short-lived. So, yeah, so the evaluation period is from July 1st, 2021 to June 30th, 2022. And their primary... Criteria is wins and losses, influences and visibility, prestige within promotion or industry, technical ability, so their moves and stuff, success against varied high-quality opponents, and they have to wrestle at least 10 matches. So during the evaluation period, Hangman beat Omega for the title and defend had some of his top moments he he made some good defenses with his title. So that's why they're saying he's number four. So they're basically giving him number four because he beat Kenny Omega for the title and then defended he, it twice against Brian Danielson and Adam Cole. Um, so 
I mean, I would put him at maybe like number 10, but maybe, but probably not number 4. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm not a huge Chainman fan. Yeah, I mean, uh, but you got a sour taste in his, in your mouth from him recently. No, it's not that. I no? just never okay. really been a huge, huge, uh, huge fan of his. Um, I guess it was different when he was in ROH. Um, but then this whole push that he's gotten in um, AEW, I think it's been overrated. Yeah, maybe a little bit. I, I mean, think I, I think he's a very very overrated wrestler. I mean, he's got a lot of skill um, with in ring ability and whatnot, but I. I think we've just been like force fed Hangman too much. Uh, right, exactly. So. I think it's a Roman Reigns story. Right. Right. Um, number five, Bobby Lashley. What do you think about that one? He was number three last year. Um, you know, I would have to say Bobby's pretty solid. Um, he's been pretty solid uh, since he uh, was in the Hurt Business and whatnot. Uh, I know that he's had his issues with the whole Lana thing and whatnot. I mean, that was just a stupid angle, but, like, um, once he gets back into being Bobby and... Doing the wrestling, yeah, I can. I can see him being there. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with him being number five, especially during the evaluation period because he was WWE champ. So, right. Um, yeah, and like I was saying earlier, he's definitely a main event guy in WWE now, so they can kind of ride on his coattails for a little bit. Um, be interesting to see what they're going to do with him now that he's not U.S. champ anymore. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he might sizzle down quite a bit. Um, Cody is number six. How do you feel about that? Um. Well, with Cody, I mean... I think I think Cody's done a lot of good. He's made a lot of people shine when he was in AW. And then his whole his WWE thing. I mean, wrestling with the uh torn pec muscle. I mean, as red as red and purple as his chest was. And did that match in Hell in a Cell? I mean that that was impressive. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> he's definitely done some some good work, and <clears throat> I think the thing that hurt him most in AEW at the end was at the beginning 
he lost that match where he could never wrestle for the world title anymore. And I think towards the end of his run at AEW, I think he really regretted that. Um, but I mean, in a nutshell, I think it was smart. Yeah. Because if you look at it, nobody wants to see a, a guy that's running a company be a champion, you know? Kenny was champ. Well, I don't really see the Young Bucks and Kenny being like a huge partner like um, Cody was. Yeah. Like the the influence, you know? Yeah. Because Cody's coming from WWE, so like he knows how the ins and outs work. Young Bucks, they don't know um a clothesline from a DDT. No. No. No, and everybody knows that I hate on the Young Bucks. And I'm going to continue to hate on the Young Bucks. I don't like them. I don't like them one bit. I think they were trash years ago when I first heard about them. Yeah. Because all they did was super kicks. I mean, we want to talk about Roman Reigns having four moves. How about the Young Bucks? What move do they have? The Meltzer driver and a super kick and a V-trigger. And Brandon Cutler. Yeah. With the cold spray. Right. That's it. I don't know. I mean, I could be lying to you. I mean, they could have more moves than that, but that's just all I see out of those trailer park pieces of trash. That's right, I said it. Trailer park pieces of trash. Now what? You want to take on the real Tyson champs? Um... Number seven, Brian Danielson. How do you feel about that one? I think it's a little high. A little high? Yeah. Um, give or take. I mean, the guy has good matches all the time. And he's not afraid to uh, put people over. It, he he's got a good uh, a good value in the business. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Like over the evaluation period, I just feel like that. I mean, don't get me wrong; he did have some good matches, but um, you know, in a <coughs> When it comes down to it, I really think that, I don't know, I'm always trying to think of like, stuff that sticks out? Yeah, and like, I mean, he had a a, a pretty good match, I mean, a really good match with Hangman, um, but like, the other stuff I just felt like has just been like middle of the road kind of thing, and he's been more focused on... And this is no fault to him. Just seems like he's been more focused on like helping them younger guys. 
mm-hmm. more, and rightfully so, more than like himself. So I just feel like that's a little high for him. Um, so I mean, like I said, probably definitely top twenty-five for the evaluation period, but I, I don't know if I'd put him at seven. Okay. I mean, I could go either way. I mean, you could stick him in there just for his experience and all that stuff. Uh, or you can look at your point of view and, like, what has he done. Right. Right. So. So, number eight is El Hio del Vikingo. I have no idea who that is. Um, I mean, I know who he is. Um... I just don't know enough about him. Hmm. Oh, excuse me. I know he's a AAA champ, and he's been uh, pretty hot for trot in Mexico uh, lately. But it's hard for me to say if he, you know, without me like really seeing any of his matches or anything. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, number nine is Big E. Um, ah, this one's a hard for me, hard one for me too, because I don't remember when he broke his neck and what he did like prior to that. I yeah. mean, I know he was WWE champ and he was Money in the Bank winner and cashed that in and stuff, but like every time I think, and it was the same way with like Kofi and. Um, uh, I almost call him Austin Creed, uh, Xavier Woods. Um, I just always picture those guys just always together, and I don't even see them as singles guys, so it's just hard for me to see Big E at number nine. And that's no fault to him. It's just... Yeah, I mean, Big E's always one of those that... Um, he's good, he's entertaining, but... I mean, what does he really do? Yeah, like, he was really good at NXT, and then they put him with the New Day, and he just kind of gets lost in the shuffle, like, with those guys. And I'm not saying those guys are bad. Right. Because they're definitely a WWE staple, and, like, I like the New Day. They're cool. They're funny. They, like, add an extra element. But, like, I always just think of them together. Right. So that, like, I don't want to take anything away from Big E. But, like, I just don't see him in number nine. Yeah. Um, and then to round out the top ten, number ten, Jonathan Gresham. What do you think about this one? Um... You could almost have him, like, in the top eight. Yeah, I mean... I think. I mean, the guy... I mean, he won the championship, and then he was traveling around with the ROH title while ROH was on hiatus until Tony Khan said that he bought it and... Yeah. Yeah, and I was while I was on lunch today. I I def, I read everything 
for each person on the top ten, and and it says that on the 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 top ten about um, him traveling around and doing that, and then Tony Khan made him drop the title, and he was mad about it. Rightfully so. I mean, he basically carried ROH when ROH was doing nothing. Right. He could have just said, book me, I'm not bringing the title. ROH is like null and void right now, but he didn't do that. Mm-hmm. And then Tony Khan wants to do him dirty all over a nostalgia thing for Claudio. And gl- I'm glad for Claudio, but like Jonathan Gresham could have carried the ROH deal. Mm-hmm. Tony Khan made the stupid choice. And then now Chris Jericho's ROH champ. I don't even like that. Chris Jericho has no business being the ROH. And he's going around making it a mockery. He's like, oh, Ring of Jericho, when I'm done with it, Ring of Honor's going to be garbage, blah, blah, blah. Like, I get Jericho is a, a heel, and he's trying to get this cheap heat bullcrap. But, like, Tony Khan definitely did Jonathan Gresham dirty. And 100%. I, I, I agree with you. I think if you, if you move some things around, I think Jonathan Gresham is definitely top eight, if not top five. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty much what the top ten. I'm okay with the top ten. I mean, Big E at number nine. Uh, maybe not. You didn't even have Mox in the top ten, huh? Yeah, Moxley's not in the top ten. Uh, but yet, he's AEW champion. Um, but he was number one, not last year, but the year before. Um. You know, Roman Reigns is definitely number one. Um, I'm cool with Cody Rhodes being top top ten. Um, I don't know about Hangman or Punk. Um, yeah, neither of those need so, to be in the top ten. So, I mean, 10. so Punk, Hangman, and uh, Big E and Brian Danielson are all a little questionable for me, but, hey, who am I to say anything? I didn't vote. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you 100% on your your choices there. So um, I think you can put those guys in the top 25 somewhere, just not in the top 10. Yeah. So um, let's pause for the cause real quick, and then uh, we'll come back and uh, wrap up with, the, with uh, some of our favorites on the rest, the 490 rest. I mean, it'll be quick, but. Right. Man, I feel totally sluggish today. Here, Matty Ice, why don't you try this? What's this? It's a super kick energy drink. It's got more super kicks than a Young Bucks match. (laughs) Bang! This is Axel the Axeman, and you're listening to Hot Tag with the Beer City Boys on the Anchor Podcast app. Okay, we're back. Quick commercial break. Um, so did you look through the rest of the list? No, I, I just saw like the top 25. Okay. Okay, so um, as we talked earlier, Moxley's number 12, so he just barely missed. Um, we were talking about Matt Cardona earlier. He's number 13. And Josh Alexander is 14. So... <clears throat> You know, 
two of the guys we were talking about earlier in the podcast are up there. Rightfully so, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about MJF at 16? It's hard. See, I feel like he's had a pretty good time in the evaluation period. The only thing is, is he was gone for like... But that might be part of the next one. He disappeared for a while. Yeah, he disappeared in summer. So... I think MJF had had pretty good programs. And... He keeps going back to the cheap heat and all that stuff. So, like... Um... Yeah, you could put him in there. Um, Seth Rollins is 17. Adam Cole is 18. Kenny Omega is 19. Even with him being hurt. Crazy to me. Uh, Drew McIntyre is 20. Uh, Moose is 21. Um... I guess he was Impact champ for a while, so I guess that's why he's at 21. Jericho's at 22. I don't know if Jericho needs to be that high, um, especially during this evaluation period. He didn't do all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay, see. Oh, go ahead. Um, with with Jericho, is that I think he's getting off the wall. Yeah. Would you agree? No, I definitely agree. Like, um, <clears throat> ever since, um, see, I really du- was digging Jericho when AEW started, and then him with the inner circle. I really was digging right. that group. But as soon as they broke up, and then he formed this JSA thing, um, I literally, I, I, I get. Jericho comes on TV, on my TV screen, and I instantly get annoyed. He's just like saying whatever he can and putting himself with the most annoying people to get the cheapest heat. Like, he's worse than MJF right now. Like, mm-hmm. he just says dumb stuff. He put himself back with Sammy and Ty Conte, or whatever her name is now, Ty Mello or whatever, Yeah, just to get that cheap heat. It's just, it's super annoying. I just, I don't, ah, yeah, I'm just, no, I, I'm i not digging Jericho right now at all. Uh, well, I know that uh, we could probably touch base on this later, but do you think um, Daniel Garcia being in the Jericho Appreciation Society hurt him since the program that they're running with the Triangle feud with Jericho, him, and Dana Bryan? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it hurt him because um, I felt like that being with Jericho kind of helped Daniel Garcia get a personality where before when he came into AEW, I felt that he 
was just a wrestler. He didn't do anything. He's kind of like Stone Cold when he was the ringmaster. Mm-hmm. So I felt like putting him with Jericho and then having him be like, but Daniel Bryan, I looked up to him. He, he He's a technical wrestler like I am. It kind of like gave him a a voice. So like it made, for me anyways, the way I look, I and. I kind of enjoy Daniel Garcia a little bit more now because he seems like a person and not just a a figure. Yep. Um, so I, I, I think and, it and helped him in that way. And the guy has great matches. He does. But I didn't care for him before because I'm just like, well, why do I care about this guy? He doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it helped him in that regard. Um, you know a match that I would like to go that I would like to see is him and Will Osprey. Daniel Garcia? Yeah. Or or him and uh Zack Saber Jr. I think him and and uh Saber Zack Saber would, would definitely have a good match. I don't know if he would have a good match with Osprey or not. Osprey is pretty quick. Um I feel like with technical guys you gotta put them with technical guys. Okay. Um but yeah, uh it, it'd be interesting to see what he would do. Yeah. I mean, give it time. It might happen. Uh, 23 is Jay White. Switchblade. Um, you can put him anywhere. You know, he's definitely... He's definitely... He's, he's definitely had a, a good evaluation period. Um, 24, Hammerstone. I'm pretty excited about this one, actually. Um, finally, like, people are... Like, seeing Hammerstone. And it's like, if you don't know who certain wrestlers are, you're like, ah, what do I care? But, like, Hammerstone's good. Um, and and I felt like he was good watching MLW, and then especially when we went to the show. Mm-hmm. He's got that it factor. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I'm glad he got recognized in the top 25. That's, that's nice to see. Um, but now I guess we can kind of jump around... Um, Brown Breakers, 26. Uh, you know, I could go for that. Um, I mean, you can even maybe put him in the top 25 because he's the fastest rising star in pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean, literally I'm looking at his thing right now. He's been in the business two years, and he's already number 26 in his second year. Last year, he wasn't listed. Yeah, so MJF, you can, you know, kiss the fatty. Well, and if you want to go back to Hammerstone, Hammerstone's only been in the business nine years. Mm-hmm. Last year, he was number 54. I don't know what he was prior to that, but... So he jumped up 30 spots in a year. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking about Will Ospreay earlier. He's number 27. And Zack Sabre's 29. Um, Bandito's 31. Um, let's see. Eddie Kingston's number 40. Jacob Fatu's 42. Hmm. What do you think about that one? 
I mean... Well, not really looking at the list or whatnot. I mean... I don't know what Jacob Fatu's really been doing since he lost to Hammerstone, so... Yeah, he kind of bounces around a lot to different promotions and stuff. Um, I think he was on Impact. Yeah, he did a little bit of Impact stuff. So, I mean, he bounces around, but... Um, Daniel Garcia is um, number 48. I don't think that's right, but... You think he should be lower? Yeah. I think he needs to be in the top 30. That's probably speaking pretty highly. So you think he needs to be moved up? Or moved up, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Let's see. Wardlow, what? Do you agree with where he was at or what? Um, I, I guess I'm okay with him in the top 50. I mean, it's hard because... There's a lot of wrestlers that we don't really watch. Well, not, a, not only that, but like, I hate the evaluation period. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to think back on it. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, um, but I mean, <clears throat> he only became like a relevant guy to me recently because he wasn't on like mainstream television. But that doesn't mean that he wasn't up to good. You know, he didn't do good stuff then. So, mm-hmm. back to Wardlow. Uh, he's number sixty-seven. I don't know. I was a big Ward Dog fan. Still am. The guy's super athletic for a big guy. Um, can do a lot of good things. I mean, I don't know where you would put him, but... I mean, I'm happy with his bodies in. Um, I'll be interested to see where he's at next year. So... But I'm not mad in the spot he's at. Uh, Trevor Murdoch is 75. That's your boy. I do like me some Trevor Murdoch. That's for sure. Um, Let's see. See, um, here's the part where I get a little agitated. And not for the fact that I don't think I'm not trying to take anything away from her, but um, Jordan Grace is number 97. And what's the point of having a a top 150 women if you're going to put women in the top 500? And I'm not trying to be like, take anything away from her or be like, oh, boys are nothing, but like, I, f- I feel like that's the point of having the women's list. Mm-hmm. But whatever, I guess. Let's see here. Um, Dax Harwood is 101. I would agree. I would think he needs to be higher than that because he's had a lot of really good singles matches. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a little low for him. 
Um, Orange Cassidy is 114. And last year he was 21. Why do you think he dropped so much? He hasn't been used. You think that's most of it? It might be. You remember all those all those WWE guys came in and then everybody else was second thoughts. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, you know, you're right. I just don't know why they wouldn't use, you know, guys like that more. I mean, I don't know. They're all crazy. So Mark Haskins is 141. Last year he was not listed. And I guess apparently I'm surprised by that he's this high. I haven't seen him wrestle since he was doing ROH stuff, but apparently, according to this little blurb about him, is uh, I guess he's been wrestling a lot in England and stuff. So, hmm. let's see. That's where we kind of fall off. You know what I mean? If some of the guys you heard of wrestle over there, um, no wonder. You know, I don't know what they're doing over there. Excuse me. Uh, what do you th what do you think about the Miz being at number one fifty? Hmm. have to go back to see exactly when they broke up uh, John Morrison and The Miz. But I loved their gimmick of Johnny Drip Dipper and The Miz. Um, and then him and Tommaso too. So I don't know if The Miz took a hiatus or something when uh, um What's his name got released? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Apparently, uh, speaking of The Miz, uh, apparently um, uh, his wife's name is Maurice, right? Yeah, she's hot. Apparently, she had a wardrobe malfunction on Raw. I guess she had a boob come out. Oh. Apparently, they switched cameras fast enough, so nothing was seen. But oh man, I saw an article about it uh, not too long ago. Well, that's a bummer. Um, she, I, I don't know. I find her attractive, but she's Canadian, so she's hot, right? That's a th yeah. That's my theory. That's that's your theory. It's true. It's true. But I don't really like Renee though. Oh really? No, I don't really. I, I I don't know. I don't really find her like that attractive. I mean, she's good looking, but yeah. I don't know. 
Um, so, okay, this threw me off. So 185 is John Hennigan. Do you know you know who that is, right? John Hennigan? Mm-hmm. Not offhand. So that's John Morrison. Oh. It threw me off. I'm like, John Hennigan? Okay. Who is John? And I had to read the... the he changes his name every time. Yeah. It was like... His uh, nickname is Secret Weapon. Briefly slowing down time during his entrance. Singles wins in WWE over Ricochet and Riddle. Battled El Hio del Vikingo for AAA Mega Title in February. Competed in GCW as Johnny Caballero. Scored wins in early rounds of progress. See, that's the only reason I knew who it was. What do you think about that? 185. Last year he was 284. He's kind of taken a step back recently, but I mean, I would say most of during the, uh, yeah, he did pretty good. I wish he was a little higher, but that's just because I like Johnny Drip Drip. Right. Julia's got drip stick. Yeah. Got two of them. Let's see, Cesaro's 191. WWE never really did anything with Cesaro, so I think we're decent on that. Bobby Fish is 200. Mm, I'm not sure about that one. Bobby Fish, you know, he's always had solid matches, but he's uh, he's been quite injury prone. Last couple of years, but he is like fifty some years old. But he did have one heck of a match against Josh, Josh Alexander recently. Yeah, that was good. Uh, you remember Nick Wayne from Ric Flair's pay per view? No. That young kid. All right. Well, he's two twelve. I thought you would remember him. Maybe. Is it that seventeen year old? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. His dad was a jobber. Yeah. Um, Buddy Matthews um, is 216. And Juice is 217. Um, Rick Boogs is 224. I didn't really know he really wrestled that much. I just thought he mostly played guitar for uh, Shinsuke. Um, Johnny Hungy is uh, 228. They haven't done anything with him, so. Um, Eric Young is uh, 234. Shoosh is 241. Really? Yep. I don't know. I don't know about that one. The guy's so athletic, and he he just goes with any gimmick gimmick you give him. Yeah, he's good like that, though. Yeah. Um, Brian Cage is uh, two fifty. 
Dalton Castle, 259. He hasn't really done anything since ROH closed down. Yeah, no, not really. Just sad because he's really good. Um, War Horse is 269. Um, let's see. Trying to make this fast. There's a lot of wrestlers here. Dolph Ziggler is 285. At any given point in time, I think you can put Dolph Ziggler anywhere. The guy always has good matches. I mean, the guy's well-seasoned. I don't know. I don't know what to say about him. I think he should be higher on the list. He should be. Because like you said, he does have good matches a lot. But, you know, with what they evaluate people on, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's definitely hard to um, to evaluate some of these guys. I mean, um... Let's see here. We're scrolling pretty fast, people. Dan Housen, 330, 331. Now what does Dan Housen do? <laughs> I don't know. And last year he was 171. <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. I mean... <clears throat> Besides promos, I don't really know what Dan Housen really does. To be honest with you. Me either. <sighs> I mean, he hides under the ring and puts curses on people. EC3 is 342. But he didn't wrestle a lot, really. To be honest with you. Um, Brian Pillman Jr., 353. He should be higher, but he hasn't been used. Mance Warner, 365. Um, Silo Shunk, 500. The I haven't even seen Silas Young in here. How is he not on here? A lot of these people I've never even heard of. Like, how do you evaluate people? I mean, goodness sakes. Uh, just how could you watch all these matches if these people are... Matt Taven is 400. Come on. Matt Taven should be higher than that. Especially if the rumor's true about WWE looking into him. Mm-hmm. He's had so many good matches. Um, let's see. Um, yeah. When we're getting down here, I have not heard of some of these. Guys. Ah, Matt Mikowski, 431. 
Hmm. The man. I know that guy. Uh, QT Marshall is 440. Uh, I don't know if QT gets enough credit. He does a lot of backstage stuff, and he does a lot of training. I think that's why he's so low. But when he has a match, I think he does a fairly decent no, job. He's definitely... Oh, excuse me. He's definitely good. Puts people over in the right way. Yeah. Gringo Loco, 444. Um, I wish Gringo Loco was a little higher, but... You know, whatever. What are you going to do? I mean, he wrestles a lot of matches that aren't on TV, so. Mm hmm. That's probably why he's so low. Um, Evil Uno is 481. And number 500 is Dustin Wilson. Whoever that is. He's only been wrestling for two years, and he's already on the top 500. I don't know. Yeah, well, he's Mr. Irrelevant. Here's a picture of him. Big fat guy. I think you should train me and see if I can get on here. What do you think? How hard would it be to get on the 500 Well, list? if that guy can make it on the 500 list, I think anybody can. Yeah. Sully can. He can be your uh, your training partner. I'll teach him how to do a collar elbow tie-up. Hopefully he doesn't claw the back of your neck. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. This was a long episode, so hopefully yeah. people enjoy it. That's all right. It's our two-year. We do what we want. That's right. Um, I don't know. What do you think of the list this year? I know we went through the, the end of it pretty quick, but um, at least the top 25, what do you think? Top 50? I think I think it was decent. Um, obviously, there's stuff that we always move around, but um, overall, I think it was okay. Yeah, I mean... I think when you make a list of 500, it starts getting hard, especially how do you evaluate like some of those people. Like, I've heard of a lot of wrestlers, but I think a lot of people get ranked higher because of who they were in the past and who they work for. I mean, shoot, uh, the, the next page over has like a breakdown of like, some of the promotions. And AEW has 14 people in the top 500. Well, I'm sure they have more, hmm. than, more than that. But, um, yeah, it's just like, you know, some of those people, I feel like, got higher ranking just because they were in AEW. I mean, Jake Hager was in the top 150. 
and he doesn't even wrestle that much. Yeah. So, you know, how do you rank him above somebody like, you know, Gringo Loco? Gringo Loco wrestles all the time. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, how do you rank these people if they're not giving any... Well, I guess there is video content out there if they're wrestling, right? Yeah, right. Just we're not seeing it. So maybe if we actually saw it... Yeah, but then it's hard to say, It would be different. Because, um, you know, part of their, their ranking is wins and losses, that they're actually wrestling, doing good quality matches and stuff like that. Well, what I think might be quality, you may not. Mm-hmm. So it's it's all judgment, but, you know, it is it is what it is, and we say this every year. I wish the evaluation period was on a calendar year and not a... Yep. Uh, uh, July to June. That's That's hard. It's hard for me to remember what I did last week, let alone... Uh, you know, I'm not going to, re- you know, everything that happened this, you know, summer, I'm not going to remember for next evaluation period, so mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but overall, same as every other year. We like some things, we don't like some things. Yep. So. Agreed. It is what it is, but let's uh, wrap two years up. In a good way, uh, what do you think? Wrestler of the Week, who you got? Josh Alexander. Yeah? Yep. That's a good pick, especially uh, from that that match with Bobby Fish. And uh, I'm sure he's going to put on another good match with uh, Frankie. So uh, Guaranteed. I got to go with uh, Ray Wyatt. Okay. He uh, had a big comeback at Extreme Rules. <coughs> I was excited to see him on SmackDown tonight. And I'm excited to see where his character is going to go. Um, it's definitely them doing this makes me want to tune in more. So um, definitely excited to see uh, see next week's SmackDown. Hopefully I can watch it. So Yeah, let's hope so. But uh, with that, hopefully we didn't bore you guys. Uh, hour and a half long episode, one of my longer ones for sure. So, uh, yeah, that's all we got. And uh, hopefully we see you guys uh, next week and uh, keep com- coming back. We're yeah. Going to hit uh, three years. Yep. <laughs> we'll year. have an anniversary show. Yeah, next this time next year. Anniversary party, three years. So, uh, yeah, with that, uh, we're out. Later. This podcast is brought to you by the Anchor Podcast app, a fun, easy way to do your podcasts. Where it's a free download, and it's simple to use by just clicking buttons and recording your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at BeerCityBoys1. That's the number one, not spelled out. Beer City Boys 1. 
If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email. Our email is hottagpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Hot Hot tag tag out.